Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Turn to Psalms 118. The writer writes and says, The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. Now, when you hear of the right hand of God, that speaks of authority and power. In the old Hebrew term and customs, it simply was a place of authority, just like you've heard Jesus said, at the right hand of God. Well, how can a God who is everywhere have a right hand? It is a term of an expression of power and authority. Do you understand? So, so the Lord's right hand is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. And it, I shall not die. Say, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. This is how David felt. Now, this psalm is dealing with David speaking from two perspectives, being a victim and also being a victor. He was speaking of all the enemies that surrounded him. David was always in a battle, and you can hear the outcome in the psalms, and you can hear the solution in the psalms. But in this particular psalm, in Psalms 118, he is talking about how God will not leave him alone how this is working out for his good. And he said, I am not going to die, but I am going to live and declare the works of the Lord. And he said, the Lord has chastened me severely. I have been through some things. I've been corrected. I'm a child of God. I have, he's my father, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness and I will go through them and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. And I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone, now we hear the referencing, and this is somewhat a prophetic. This is a prophetic word concerning Jesus Christ. Now he's going in. Now he's speaking in his moment, but he's also speaking under the direction of the Spirit of God. And he's making a declaration and a profession. And he is saying of Jesus... He is saying, for you have answered me and you have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This, say this with me again, this is the day that the Lord has made. Repeat after me. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now give God some praise and tell him thank you for this day. I want you to lift up your hands and tell him, Lord, this day today, everything is shifting. I feel a shift right now. Everything is going to be different today. I'm not worried about tomorrow. But in this moment, you are the king of kings. You are the chief cornerstone. I will live. I will not die. And I will declare the works of the Lord. I will fear no man. I will fear no man. I only fear and reverence my God, you, Lord Jesus. And this day there is no worry. 
There is no fear. There is no concern about the future. I put it all into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. And somebody, one more time, give your God a shout of praise here. We love you, Jesus. We bless you, Father. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Now turn to your neighbor and tell him, smile. This is the day God's made. Come on, this is the day God has made. And you can be seated this Sunday morning. Someone go, ah, I made it. Now, I, I love studying the psychology of man and humanity and just looking at the anatomy of really of who we are. Human behavior is so, um, I don't want to say redundant, but sometimes we have an obvious pattern that we follow. I mean, they're just patterns. Patterns that we follow under pressure. Patterns that we follow when, when we feel happy and free. And patterns when we feel intimidated or threatened. It's obvious. And a lot of what we respond to is a lot of because of what we perceive. A lot of how we respond has a lot to do with how we perceive a circumstance or how we feel about ourselves or what we feel like we're capable of and non-capable of not capable in the psalms david he is surrounded he is going through a battle and he he stops and he begins to talk about how god how god has has been merciful to him now, God has never failed him. And he says that the Lord's right hand, his authority and his place of power has been exalted and shall, nothing shall, is able to really come against that. But God has never failed him, in other words. And he has so much trust in God. And he writes and he says, I will fear no man, so what, what shall men do unto me? I'm not concerned about what people think or what the enemy intends to do for me or to me. He was so focused in that one moment. And then he goes on further and you read David's life. David remembered. He remembered what God did for Israel and how he brought them out of Egypt. And he remembered the promises and the covenant. In the next chapter... In Psalms 119, that chapter is all about David's prayer to hold God's word in his heart. And he said that he was, it was good for him that he was afflicted so he could repent and come to himself and make his life just singled out just for God. And it was good for him. He said, in other words, you know what? It's like you and I saying, it's a good thing we went through that problem because that problem made us stronger. It, it was a, you know, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good in the moment, but in the moment you can't see anything else. But at the end, hindsight is twenty twenty. 
you look back and you realized, hold on a second. That worked out for my good. My prayer life took on another level. My family came together during that tragedy, during that moment. I'm, I'm a better man. I'm a better woman. I'm a stronger man. I'm filled with faith. And, and so David looks at this. He knows the outcome, and he says, this, this day, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad at this day because I know he holds my tomorrows. And I remember what he did for me in the past. And because he knew the outcome and he knew the results, he was able to focus in that moment and make a strong declaration. He wasn't fearful for his life. He knew that God would come through. But in the human mind, there are two things that hold us back from enjoying the present. The past. That's the first one. The past, whether something happened five years ago or five minutes ago, this is one of the major reasons why people don't advance because they hold on to past hurts. They hold on to something. They feel like they, you know, the concept is you win some, you lose some. When it really should be, you win some, you learn some. Everything in the past should be something that we learn from and grow from. But instead, too many people live under condemnation. They live under regret. Their self-worth isn't very high because they are still living in yesterday. And they have a hard time forgiving themselves and forgiving others. And they feel like they've missed the boat in their life. And they may be, maybe you're, you're going through a midlife crisis. I, tr I promise you, I promise you, the answer isn't to go get a toupee and get a Corvette. or dye your hair blonde, especially when you're dark Latina brown. But anyways, <laughs> this doesn't work out too well. <laughs> it's all of my black sisters. Oh, I better not say anything. <laughs> Just saying, have some common sense and <laughs> try all you want to, but it is what it is. And you have to embrace it and enjoy it. I, I shaved my head because I was going thin through the center, and I just told my wife, I'm going to embrace my future. And then there's the future. We let the future hold us back because we worry whether or not God's going to come through for us. We made some decisions and we're trying to figure out whether or not they're going to work out or we're afraid we're going to fail. So we stay in that moment. We stay in the moment and we do nothing. Because our life is filled with what ifs for the future. And I should have from the past. You cannot live in the past. It doesn't matter how big the mistake was or whether it was you or someone else. The blood of Jesus Christ is bigger than your past.
our biggest, our biggest challenge is whether or not we should accept that. Are we are worthy of it? Listen, it is not predicated. Your blessing is not predicated whether or not you think you're worthy. Jesus Christ counted himself worthy to go to the cross for you. This is a matter of faith. Not based on your goodness and righteousness and on your own validation. This is based on the goodness of God. And he deserves all the credit. And he deserves all the recognition. And he deserves a faith from you to say to him, because it pleases God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. And what pleases God is when we say, Lord, I forgive them. God, forgive me. I accept it. That is pleasing to God because in God's mind, I want you to think about this. In God's mind, if you will, at least according to the word, the word of God tells me that when we believe God, we become friends of God. He is pleased with us. Our delight should be in him. David said, I delight in his law. In Psalms 119, it says, they did delight themselves in God's word, shall in no wise be offended. It has a lot to do with our condition of our heart. And then for the future, you and I are limited, but God is, he's everywhere. He is everywhere. He is omnipresent. The the. the the thing, just the thought of thinking, this, this is a mind bender. When you think that God, who's eternal, is still in the past, and he's already in the future. He is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He sees the end from the beginning. And to think that God is able to be at all those places when we're right here blows my mind. He has your future in his hands. He has everything worked out. And you can't look at God or not want to face God wholeheartedly to be real with God and open with God because God already sees all things. We're, 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 we're better off being honest with God about the past. We even forget what we've done at times. We just feel a certain way. It doesn't matter. Feelings will never dictate your faith. If it comes to negativity, if it comes to feeling sorry for ourselves, get over it. Jesus gave his life for you so you can be happy. So you can be happy. And you are meant to be happy. I'm going to tell you, walking in the Spirit has a lot more to do than prophesying. Walking in the Spirit has a lot more to do than just casting a demon out or discerning everything. Walking in the Spirit, to me, the fullness of walking in God's presence has a lot to do with attitude, love. The fruits of the Spirit is the character and the embodiment of the invisible God through Christ Jesus and the expression of His Spirit through your character. I know that sounded complicated. 
But when you've got the love of God, you've got God. When you walk in that. And I have to say this, that, that love does not, it is the biggest challenge to Christianity. We can literally take the subject of love and teach it for the remaining years of the, that I pastor this church and still not reach the very core of it. Love is the biggest challenge in our life, and the reason why most of us don't love is because we've been hurt in the past and we're afraid of getting hurt in the future. The reason why some of us keep the walls up is because we've been hurt in the past and we're afraid to get hurt in the future. But love has to happen. Brotherly love. Agape love. The love of God has to be expressed. I want to continue. Get rid of the what ifs. Get rid of the what ifs. And start to live in the moment. And stop worrying about the future so much. Just work like it depends on you and pray like it depends on God. Keep it simple. God is not going to fail you. God is not going to fail you. You will fail. That's okay. If you don't fail, that means you haven't done anything. I would encourage you, fail as much as you can. Not purposely, but don't be afraid of it. I encourage people, don't be afraid. Ride the bike. Get on there. Don't be afraid. Take a chance in the business. Don't be, if it fails, you just found out a better way to do it again. Don't take the back seat. What is it that's holding you back from becoming the best you God created? What is it that's holding you back? Point number one, the concept has to be let go and let God. Let go and let God. If you fail a hundred times, then all that means is you've learned a hundred times what doesn't work. And you keep on trying. Thomas Edison, the inventor of so many things that we enjoy today, failed thousands of times. Thousands of times. One time, history, his history tells us that he was in his lab and he was working and it caught on fire. And everything he had worked hard for was going up in flames. And he ran and he got his wife. And he called his wife and said, honey, come on. You're about to miss the biggest fire I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he didn't care. He knew that he could rebuild again. He could do it again. Listen, as long as you have breath, it's not over. As long as you have breath, it's not over. If you woke up today and you're able to think correctly, you need to thank God for your right mind today. I'll be quite honest with you. We all need to give him some praise for letting us wake up in our right minds today. Somebody praise him right now and thank him for it. It, it means a lot. It does. 
If you don't think that's something to be thankful for, meet somebody who had a stroke or is and isn't in their right mind. Meet somebody who went through a mental breakdown and can't put it together in that moment. If they have breath, though, it's not over yet. If they have breath, it's not over. As long as you have breath in your body, as long as you're able to at least think straight and think towards him, I'm going to tell you, miracles still happen. Miracles still happen. The Bible is true. God can't take your mess and turn it into miracles. The Bible is true. He can take your trials and make them triumphant. And make you triumphant. But you have to let go. Number one, let go of the past. Again, let go of the past. Letting go doesn't mean doing nothing. Letting go doesn't mean doing nothing. Letting go means that you're going to work and you're going to keep yourself busy, but you're going to leave the outcome to God. You're going to leave the results to Him. You and I can't make anything grow. All we can do is prepare the ground, plant the seed, and water it. But God gives the what? God gives the increase. That's why I walk with God, knowing that you're in the will of God. And what you do in his will, he will grow. If you're in God's will and you're working and you're serving and you're doing, God is going to bless you. You're not, you're, you're, your labor's not going to be in vain. And it doesn't matter if you see results in the moment or if you see results five years from now. God is faithful. God called you to that career. God asked you to do that business. God called you there, and he will finish everything he has started. He will finish everything. There's a bamboo tree in China that takes five years before it actually grows. At first, when they found this bamboo tree, they thought, huh, this thing's never going to grow. Then they realize that, wait a minute, after five years, it started sprouting like daily. And it would just take off. It took off. All of a sudden, it just grew rapidly. And they realized during the five years, it was literally growing its roots. It was establishing itself. And it may take a long time for you to see the surface of what you've been working on. But you see, when I look at something that you can't see, it's there, you just can't see it. That means in the spirit, that means that behind the scenes, where God is working, there are things happening. God will, I'm going to tell you, prayers live on forever. Prayers live on forever. You are still living in the prayers of your parents and grandparents. You are still living in the prayers of those that preceded you who weren't related to you, but pastored you before me and, and those that are pastoring you now. 
And I'm going to tell you, we pray for you all the time. We call your names out. As God shows us your faces, we begin to call on God's name for you. And I'm going to tell you something. Those prayers work. And some of those prayers are in reservation because prayers live on forever. There are spirits, words that are released and there are things that happen. There are things that happen that you can't see, things that are working out. Look at the life of Daniel. Daniel was praying. Daniel was seeking God. Daniel hadn't heard a word for 21 days, and all of a sudden, an angel showed up and said, Daniel, sorry for the delay, and I'm speaking in layman's terms. Sorry for the delay, but we've been in battle with the prince of Persia. We've been working things out for your good. Now I'm here to tell you that you're fixing to be blessed and we're fixing to promote you. And like that bamboo, he just took off. But it took some time. You have to stay busy and have to work and have to continue to pray regardless of how you feel about the past and how, you're, how, much, how much worry you have about the future. Worry does nothing for you and I. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but you don't go anywhere. But let go of it. Let go of it and let God have it. If you will let God have it, then God can do something with it. But you see, the past puts one hand on what you want God to answer, and the future worrying about it puts another hand on it. When God says, would you let this thing go so I can do something with it? Well, why aren't you doing anything about it, God? Well, you got your hands all over it. Why aren't you doing something with it? Why isn't it? It's not changing. Well, how can I change it if you're not letting it go? You understand what I'm saying to you? We got our hands in everything, man. In everything. I want, I want to read you a scripture. I want to read you this. Matthew 6, 25. Matthew 6 and 25. Listen to what Jesus says. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life more, isn't, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, but let your heavenly father, but yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable, of more value than they? I want you to think about that. That's a question that the Lord asked. Think about it. Are you not more valuable than the birds that you saw on the way to church? than the ones you heard this morning outside your home? You have to answer that. It's very simple. It's a childlike question. Aren't we more valuable than the animals that we see? Things that God has created? And he says, which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Neither do they toil or spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if you, 
Now, now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For all these things the, the Gentiles seek after. In other words, those that don't have a covenant with me in that moment he was referring to the, the Jewish nation, Israel, and he was talking and referencing people who don't worship, who don't trust him, who have no covenant. He said, people who don't have me there in their life, that's what they worry about. But you have me in your life. You have me. Folks, that's why we're here today. Because God has us. And you love him. And you came to worship him. And you came not out of religion. I hope you didn't come out of routine. But I hope today that you came out of relationship. Because you love him. And, he lo and you know he loves you. And you came to feel after him. You came to receive something corporately that you couldn't receive independently. There's something special about coming to God's house. There's something special about giving him the first day of the week and putting him there and saying, I'm going to let you be first in my life this week. And you do it every single week. And in this moment, in this very moment, the best thing you can do and the best thing I can do is not worry about tomorrow. But stay focused and enjoy the moment and say life is good. God is good. With the absence of worry and trouble and the past, can you live in the moment? Can you live in the moment and say, I love you, Jesus, with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my strength, and I'm going to bless you in this moment, and I'm going to praise you for every breath that I take and everything that happens good in my life. And, and he goes on further. Let me finish this up. He goes on further. And he says, of oh, you little faith, don't worry about these things. For all these things the Gentiles seek after. But your heavenly father, say my heavenly father, knows what I have need of. And then he says, but seek First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself and its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. You know, I, I think Garth Brooks was, was right. You know, if tomorrow never comes. You know, there are people in your life right now. I've been guilty as a father who worried about the outcome and providing for my family. As a man, I, I will confess to you and I will tell you, I have been guilty of being so worried, frustrated about how things hadn't worked out, worried about how things are going to work out, that I have missed. It for my loved ones in my family and they're the ones who suffered they suffer because all my attention is on something in the past and something in the future things I cannot even put my hands on anymore 
But in that moment, the things that I can make a difference in are with whoever's life become deprived and you form a deficiency. And that now, when tomorrow does come, and we call it today, listen, folks, today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Today is a gift. God deals with you in your todays. God deals with us in our todays. Not, a tom- not our tomorrows. God gets re- That's the benefit of being a child of God because we have no past. No past. We learn from the past, but we don't live by the past or live for the past. The past is gone. The blood of Jesus wipes away our past. But depending on the present, you can repeat history and make the present the past again. Stop worrying about tomorrow. You are never going to find your tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. I'm not, don't think about Garth Brooks right now. I messed up. We always say tomorrow, 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 right? I'll do it tomorrow. As long as you're feeling good. Are you guilty of this? Are you guilty of after being full, eating a good meal, saying to yourself, tomorrow I'm going to start my diet. (laughs) Tomorrow I'm going to fast. We always feel very, we always feel so confident after we eat, right? Am I the only one that has ever done that before? Y'all are, I hear some voices, but I see no hands. That's okay. I mean, if you said that after eating your Thanksgiving dinner, I'm starting my diet tomorrow. Because you feel full. You feel full. Remember what I talked about when we talked last week about how the spirit man can become full and the brain doesn't know the difference? When you stay full of God, your faith in God always remains high. When you're full of God consistently, you have the strength to continually say with confidence, I'm going to do this, and you end up doing it. Because you feel God's fullness. You feel the fullness of God in your life. Stay full. Stay full of God. And you're always going to say, yes, Lord. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? We feel so confident that we can do something that we've been wanting to do in the moment that we eat. Because we're full. We feel strong. You don't feel weak. But when the hunger pains come, and you hear that in public, ever happened to you? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sitting in public in an important meeting, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, <laughs> the world. And you start moving around, hoping that your movement will over <laughs> go over the noise. You're working with the client. <laughs> And then you're afraid. (laughs) 
You're, I'm going to say, I don't care. You're afraid that they think it, they're going to think it was something else, so you say, oh, that was my stomach. <laughs> Hate that. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I'm just telling you, stay full of God. Stay full of God and your faith level. It's easier to say yes. It's easier to say yes. Number two, and here's the last point. Here's the last point. God visits you in your today. God visits you in your today. Uh, It's a fact that the more you worry, the less God can do. It just it's just the way it is, you know. That's your today. Okay, here here right here. What? Here is. <laughs> your past and your future. This is where we allow everything from these two areas to come in and fill up our life. And there is a division, a division in our heart. Our heart is divided, our life is divided. Because we do believe and we try to muster up faith to say, God, thank you for this day. We'll even quote the scripture and we'll even say, this is the day the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. And it's in your mind, but it's not in your heart. It's not in your spirit. And we wrestle with it. And we play around with it. And we never allow our lives to come to full fruition when we just, if we just ever had the revelation if we would ever get the revelation that if we allow God, I'm going to take this right here, if we allow God to come in, God's Spirit to come in, it will focus on the day, not the past. Not only will this fill up, but it will begin to usher out everything else that covers you and bothers you and vexes you. The only way to push out the past and the future is to focus on today. Every day. Forget about yesterday. That, co- that takes discipline. Now, I'm going to be very honest with you, and I want to be transparent with you. I have wrestled with this for years. I don't wrestle with it anymore. Every once in a while I do. But I used to wrestle with this. I can't believe I could have did better. I should have done better. When I was first a Christian, I used to fast all the time. And I'd mess up all the time, the same day. And I did that for a whole month. Did it for two months. I'd eat a meal. Then I realized I was just eating one meal for one whole year. (laughs) I tried to fast. I'd mess up every day feeling like, oh, my God. You know, I was just, I was that hard on myself as a Christian. I was thinking... If I don't fast like 40 days and 40 nights like Jesus did, 
I'm never going to have the heart of God. And I fasted all the time, and I did. And I fell every day. So therefore, after I ate, I said, you know, I'm going to fast again. I'm going to do it again. And I carried this little thing of water with me everywhere. And I'd walk, put lemon in it, put honey in it. And i say, this is all I'm eating today. And i go throughout the day at work and never eat. And when I get home, my wife makes arroz con pollo. There was an old man that we met in our church. I sent him to the house one day to teach her how to make arroz con pollo, homemade tortillas, carne guisada. Mm. She was white, but she's really brown on the inside. And she can cook some, I'm going to tell you, she can cook some carne guisada. But anyhow, and I get home and smell it. Ah, oh, God, Lord Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Just a little bit. Let me smell it so I can trick my brain into thinking that I ate it. And I do that. I learned that secret a long time ago. I smell the food, and my brain and my body thinks I actually ate it. I, used, I know you think I'm crazy. But some of y'all do that on a diet, too. And I, and I look back, and, and honestly, I didn't fail. I learned. But I was, if I had just taken what I had did, I would have got further development in my life because I was hindered by the past on little things. Uh, that's something innocent. But have you ever failed and sinned? Men, have you ever saw something you shouldn't have seen? Women? Have you ever said something you shouldn't have said? And, and then you try to come to church and try to read your Bible. You won't read your Bible the next day. You won't pray the next day. Because you have the memory. David said, my sin is ever before me. My sin is ever before me. That means it was constantly in his mind. Read Psalms 51. Psalms 5 and 1. Read it. My sin is ever before me. That means it was in his mind, and we focus on that, and we occupy our today, and you have no intention. I mean, you have some intention, but you have no initiative to try to do the right thing today because you still have a remnant and, and, and a fragrance of yesterday. Listen, it takes time, but discipline yourself in your mind. If you can get the mind disciplined, and that's your part. God can help you and do his part. It takes discipline to read your Bible every day. Holding your Bible does not change you. Reading your Bible changes you. I don't care how many scriptures you have in those nice portraits in your home. It doesn't matter how many times you put it on Facebook and say share. It's never going to happen to you. And please, I'm just going to say this right now. If you're on Facebook and you're the one who says, share this with an amen if you love God and blessings will come your way, please do not share that with me. Because I'm going to delete you. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. You know, I've been tempted. I'm a lollygag. I've been tempted to share that bundle of money hoping that God will bless me the next day too. But please don't tag me in it. 
because that doesn't happen. I tell you what will change you. What will change you if you open up your mouth and start speaking God's word every single day. If you read that word, get it in your ears so it can get into your heart. Speak about it so it can begin to muscle up your mind. That's how you build spiritual muscle, by acting, taking action on it. And it's speaking it, causes you to think of it, meditate on it, and repeat it, and hear it with your own voice. Your ability to obtain words and, and things is based on how many points of of, 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 of the word I'm looking for, how many actions you take, how many, how many yeah, points of execution. Speak it, sing it, see it, hear it. It'll impact your mind. And the more of places of execution, by hearing it, seeing it, speaking it, and let me tell you something else, and this is the part that I think we need to get a revelation on, you can actually taste it too. Ah, that's another whole sermon series. You can taste it. David said, your words like honey to my mouth. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Here's what I mean by that. Your spirit man can literally taste the goodness of God. It's not going to be like your regular taste buds, but you'll feel the goodness of God as you begin to let the spirit of God be fed. You know, you can, speed, you can feed the spirit man. That's what happens here. The spirit man begins to grow and kicks everything else out. And it feels good. And that's why your body loses the hunger pains. That gets you through the day. Have you ever felt the anointing of God come into your life and suffice you? When's the last time you felt uh, 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 seeds and, 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 and harvest from your prayer life and your praise life and walking with God to, in the moment to get you through the day. I'm telling you, God will come through, but you can't focus on yesterday and you can't focus on tomorrow. You've got to stay focused on today. This is the day. David said, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Now, you and I are in the image of God. I'm coming to a close. You and I are in the image of God, but we're not, we cannot and will not be everywhere at one time. It's impossible. You can't be everywhere at one time, but you're trying to act like that. You're trying to act like God, being everywhere at one time. No, you're human, and you're bound by the day. And if you'll just focus on this day, if you'll focus and wake up and say to yourself in that one moment, I'm going to be the best person I can be today. Today. It doesn't matter what you think about doing tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't matter if you had an awesome prayer life in the past. You prayed 10 hours yesterday. That's great. You prayed, you're right? Right? You prayed for an hour yesterday, you did this yesterday, you gave yesterday, you served yesterday. That's wonderful. Yesterday is gone. It is gone. Today, what are you going to do? Because what you do today will affect your tomorrow. And your mind, get focused and realize that I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. It's sufficient 
Tomorrow has its own sufficiency of problems. It'll take care of itself. Now, we can't be everywhere at one time, but God will visit you in your todays. He'll visit you in your todays. Get rid of the past. Get rid of the future thinking, worrying about everything that's going to happen, and occupy your minds in the moment and be the best person you can be for God in that moment. In this moment right now, folks, right now, the thought that you're thinking right now, the actions that you take right now is what's going to change you and change your family and makes all the difference in the world. Listen, people have good intentions, but intentions without actions mean nothing. But what are you doing now? So today, when you leave this church, what are you going to do today? What are you going to do today? You know what? You enjoy your family. You love on your family. Get some good rest. Read a book. Go home and pray a little bit. Take two minutes. Talk to God and tell him, thank you, God, for this day. God bless my home, bless my family. I found out that thinking about, listen to this, I'm going to help somebody. I found out that thinking about living for God, because there's some discipline involved, can overwhelm you. Because you're thinking about, I've got to pray tomorrow at this time, I've got to do this, I've got to read my Bible. And I'm going to tell you, it's, it sounds, it, and maybe none of you would admit this, but I will admit it for you. That almost becomes overwhelming for you to think about it if you have no delight. If you have no desire, no delight, it almost becomes overwhelming. And you try to, you have great intentions. So you make up this schedule and this calendar and you begin to write it down. And you read my Bible first thing in the morning, pray first thing in the morning. But when the morning comes, you don't do that. You hit the snooze button. And so you don't write it down because you failed so many times. But in that moment when you do wake up, if you wake up and you have a revelation and understand God visits me on today and I'm not going to miss the day of my visitation. It happened to Israel. I'm closing with this. I'm closing with this. That happened to Israel. God visits you in your today. The Sadducees and the Pharisees, they missed it. Luke 19 41 to 44 this is an awesome revelation i'm going to tie this in for you because god if you wondered why aren't why why am i not seeing the fulfillment of my promises why am i not seeing god come to pass why am i not seeing all these things i'll tell you why you're missing god's visit in today you're missing it you're missing it because you've been so worried about everything else that you're missing the today watch this Jesus, now as he drew near, he saw the city, he wept over it, saying, you had, if you had known, even you, especially in your day, especially in this, your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for days will come upon you He's prophesying over Jerusalem. He's speaking over them because they missed it. He came into their city 
but they didn't know he was the Messiah. They didn't worship him. They didn't see him. They came against him. For the days will come upon you that your enemies will build an embarkment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side. He said there's coming an attack. Now you look up the history of this. After the days of Jesus Christ, there was an attack on Jerusalem. And God wanted to save them from this. Surround you, close you in on every side, and level you and your children within to the ground. And they will not leave you, they will not leave one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. That's what Jesus said. I came to visit you today, and you missed it. And the question we have to ask ourselves is this How many times? Have we been so occupied with the past and the future that we miss God in our today? How many todays have we missed? You and I, when God wanted to visit with us and God wanted to prepare us and God wanted to save us, he knows that we can't go into the future, but he knows that he can deal something with you in the present. You want a better tomorrow? Get a better today. Stop trying to plan so far. And listen, listen, I believe in planning. We plan out a lot of things here at the church. We plan out things are great. It's great to plan. But what good is planning if you're not focused and doing everything you can today? It doesn't amount up to anything. This word is for somebody here today to help you understand. Here's what I want to tell you. In conclusion, when things feel like they're falling apart, they're actually falling into place. This is for a child of God, for you as a believer. In your today, when things fall apart, they're not falling apart for you. They're falling into place for you. God has everything in his hands. Focus on worshiping him today. Focus on loving on him today. Focus on being a loving person today. Focus one minute at a time one moment at a time just know that listen listen just for the past 30 minutes or so or hour whatever it has been you have already done a good thing today you have been in God's presence you have been in the house of God you have heard the word of God you have worshiped God celebrate for the moments that have just passed right now and if you can do it for that one moment you can do it again in your mind and in your heart is it hard don't worry about failing. If you fall, then get back up. Duh. Right? Don't be afraid to fail. Don't let failing stop you from coming to the house of God. Don't be afraid to fail. If you fall, get back up. If you fail, get up. Hey. What are you worried about tomorrow for? You had nothing to begin with when God found you. Now look what, what you're doing now. God didn't bring you this far just to like, give up on you. God didn't bring you this far and give you what you have just to leave you and make you fall out of you. It's not going to happen. But just enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your God. Enjoy the freedom that you have in Christ Jesus. Somebody gave him some praise today.
mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.